0: Who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text just news to 989898 98 98 right now. Hello, America, and happy Thursday. We've got a big treat for you just 24 hours after he released a very detailed report showing at least $10 million of foreign money flowing to Biden family members, laying out an incredible anecdote of an oligarch in Romania. That was looking to get his help and uh, paid him money, Hunter Biden, to get access and influence in the United States. The chairman of the House Oversight Committee, James Comer, just spent a few minutes with Amanda Head and I. We're going to have him on a TV show tonight, but we're going to take some of the material exclusively, give it to you early here on the podcast. You're going to hear some pretty big statements from James Comer. He declares that the president of the United States is currently under investigation by Congress for corruption. He declares... That there's a pattern of the Biden family targeting people who have corruption ethics and legal issues overseas and trying to, as he said, shake them down for money. He declares that the evidence before Congress raises some serious concerns that the FBI does not want to investigate nor allow Congress to fully investigate the Biden family corruption questions. And he talks about the important witnesses that lie ahead, more big disclosures come, and he repudiates the news media, not covering the Biden family. He says it's enabling the media's willingness to shun coverage of what he released. Others have released over the last many months is part of the reason the Biden family was able to raise so much money without scrutiny in foreign business deals. We're going to have all that at the top of the show. In the second block of the show, we're going to stay on the Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, Biden family story by bringing in none other than my co-author on the book, Fallout, Seamus Bruner. He and I have done literally hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of hours of research on the Biden family and their business deals. He's going to bring us up to speed on what he sees, particularly in the new details that Congress made us. And at the end of the show, we're going to turn to my good friend and colleague here at Just the News, Greg Piper, to help us unravel, help us engage, help us develop uh, story that he broke and that has been widely cited in the media, even Fox News cited in the last 24 hours, on the Man Security Department's newest effort at censorship. It looks a lot like disinformation. Governance Board 2.0, Ron Johnson, is talking about this. A lot of people learned about it from Greg Piper. We're going to hear a short summary from my incredible colleague here at Justin News, Greg Piper. That's our show. Now, a lot of you have been asking. You've seen me on TV, heard me on radio last few days. John, I want to get a copy of your new children's book, Hidden Headlines, a Seymour Clues adventure. It's a story where my son's hamster chunk stars as a newspaper editor who can't get his news out, i.e. censorship. His free speech is infringed, and his community is imperiled because he can't tell the community it's about to have a flood because a mean old koala bear named Carl has clogged the tubes in the hamster village. It's a story of censorship. It's a story of big government socialism. It's a story of why freedom matters and tyranny harms any community, including the fictional hamster community known as Starlet City. Well, a lot of people said, John, I want to get that. I want to share it with my grandchildren, my children, my nephews, my nieces, my cousins. It's real simple. Go to bravebooks.us, bravebooks.us, and you can buy an a la carte copy, or you don't get anything free in this economy tape, but you could get something free from Brave Books. If you sign up for their monthly book club, you will get my book, the Hidden Headlines book, for free. Do this to benefit the great folks at Brave Books. They are trying to build a book company and a body of literature that you are proud to share with your children. It doesn't have sexually explicit materials in it. It doesn't have anti-American sentiments in it. They don't try to preach racism. They don't try to preach that the color of your skin determines your outcome or your behavior. They teach the values that probably my generation and before were taught in school, but that educators today don't seem to be teaching. That is a major, major endeavor they're trying to become the alternative to woke libraries woke book companies woke educators and i just ask you if nothing else go visit their site go look at what they're doing go look at the other books that like my good friend sarah carter or sean spicer or kash patel who's always on the show all have done they are special special people they're young they're pro-american they're pro-god Go to bravebooks.us and go check out their books. Go support them any way you can. If you sign up for their book club because you want to get a child in your life, some pro-God, pro-America books, they'll give you my book free this month. That's a really good deal. Bravebooks.us. Bravebooks.us. Go there today and check it out. All right, folks. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, Amanda and I's exclusive interview with House Oversight Chairman James Comer. Buckle your seatbelt. Big news coming right after the commercial break. who shares your love for our great nation. Don't miss out on this chance to make a difference from AMAC. Join today at amac.us justnews. That's amac.us justnews and extend the invitation to a friend or family member for free. What a great opportunity. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out.
1: Welcome back, everybody. Yesterday, House Oversight Committee chairman and his colleagues brought forth even more evidence regarding the Biden family's foreign business dealings, this time uncovering private meetings between associates and then Vice President Biden's office, as well as a a financial tie to Romania. Here to talk about his press conference and more is none other than the House Oversight Committee chairman and Kentucky Congressman James Comer. Chairman, welcome back to the show. Thank you for being here, sir.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: I wanted to hone in on this confidential human source document, this 1023. Uh, they, the FBI, has effectively confirmed its existence, but they won't turn it over. What are the next steps, and 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 why would they confirm its existence without actually handing it over? Does that possibly indicate that there's an ongoing investigation? Can we hope?
2: Well, I mean, it could indicate that. The problem is they've had it for a long time. I mean, you know, we're this. They had it before. Joe Biden became president and, you know, we're 75 percent of the way through his presidency now. And they they haven't done anything. They haven't done anything with the president's son. So, you know, part of what we asked for, in addition to the document, was information as to uh, what exactly the FBI did to verify this claim. And if, in fact, they did anything to verify the claim. And the reason it's important to me is because what the uh, the whistleblower has alleged is is consistent with a pattern that we're seeing from the Biden family in taking money from foreign nationals and then laundering it through a, a whole host of shell companies before they send it back down to just about every member of the Biden family.
0: Uh, sir, you release such extraordinary information, detailed, factually based, with documents embedded, uh, a, a very powerful narrative. I wanna ask you about a pattern that seems to emerge. It seems like when you take Barisma and uh, Zolchevsky, you take the Romanian oligarch yesterday who was in legal trouble, the Russian oligarch who was trying to get her money into the country. Um, uh, There's another Ukrainian oligarch that Hunter Biden is interfacing with. It looked like they were uh, uh, targeting for personal business people who had ethical and legal issues in countries that aren't friendly to America and who needed access to his father. Mm. Is there enough of a pattern to say that looks like a modus operandi for business now?
2: Absolutely. And we only talked about two countries yesterday, John. We only talked about Romania and China. Right. Uh, I've said publicly, and I'll say it again. Look, uh, of all the countries that they were influence peddling in, China honestly was probably the the most ethical, uh, most above board company that they were country that they were dealing with. Wow. I mean, you you you've got people in these other countries, including China, that they dealt with that are either in prison, either on trial or either missing. I mean, the, these are some of the worst people on the planet that that Hunter and uh, the president's brother were, were shaking down uh, for money. And what we want to know, John, we now know the family got the money. We want to know what they did to get the money. You know, what service was provided or what did Joe Biden do uh, to provide a return on the investment for the millions of dollars that his family received from foreign nationals all over the globe
1: yeah so important sir if you talk to people who have served in washington for a long time there seems to be a, a, a prevailing opinion that as far as joe biden is concerned of course his years and years on capitol hill in the senate that there were some possibly shady ways of of operating um, so among the american people there has been that that perception I think for a lot of people, the concern is that now this has expanded beyond our borders because I guess corrupt birds of a feather flock together and highlighting what John said regarding the relationships with corrupt uh, business people in Ukraine, in China, in Romania. The concern, I think, for a lot of people is that now the word is out that America is corrupt as
2: well. Yeah, I mean, the damage that Joe Biden has done to the reputation of the United States is almost irreparable. I mean, Joe Biden not only has, through his leadership, uh, diminished our standing on, on the international stage through things like his uh, disastrous <laughs> withdrawal from Afghanistan, but because of his personal behavior and the behavior of his entire family uh, with the bank records that we provided yesterday, uh, he, he's made the United States look like, some of these third world countries that uh, presidents of the past have criticized for for corruption. So we need to get the facts, we need to present the facts to the American people, and then we need to hold uh, our politicians accountable for public corruption. And right now, the biggest obstacle for me getting the facts is our own government, is the Department of Justice, is the FBI, and that's unacceptable. And you mentioned the members of Congress have been there a long time. I haven't been in Congress for six years, but Chuck Grassley's been here a long time. And he's pretty upset at the uh, way the FBI has, uh, has treated our subpoena. I mean, this is an investigation of the President of the United States for public corruption. We presented a pattern of payments from adversaries and, and foreign nationals all over the planet. This whistleblower, is what he's alleging, is consistent with the pattern of bank records and the behavior that we presented and outlined yesterday in our press conference. And yet the FBI says, well, just trust us. If if there's anything there, we'll look into it. I mean, that's not going to cut it. And uh, we're going to continue to do everything in our ability to get that form and to find out what, if anything, the FBI did to investigate that.
0: Yes, sir. So there's a pattern, another pattern that I think troubles a lot of Americans. Uh, every time there was even the slightest allegation against Donald Trump, the news media was all over. They were willing to publish an unverified mm-hmm. dossier. You put out bank records in every yep. sentence of your report yesterday was attributed to a factual source. It was the most detailed report I've seen in a long time as a reporter. And yet you can't find in the main news media, a uh, traditional news media, any coverage of this how concerned are you by the blackout what do you say to those media reporters that are ignoring what you're doing
2: you know the media is part of the problem the Biden family wouldn't do things like this if they thought they would be held accountable in the media so the media is an adversary you know the, the media is, is is helping in this I mean the media has helped compromise our national security by not writing about this by not demanding, to answers as to why the Biden family received that money, I think every American wants to know what the Biden family did to receive that money, and I think the media is is tone deaf to a certain degree. Their their bias, their partisanship blinds them. We saw that last night with CNN. That's right. They they assembled a crowd. Of people that I'm sure were said they were undecided about the presidential race and, and probably had reservations about Donald Trump. I, I would say that that was what the, the people in the crowd thought going into it. But to see the types of questions that Caitlin Collins asked that that are of no concern to any working taxpayer in America, you know, the issues that Caitlin Collins and CNN thought the voters cared about are the exact opposite. And, and the crowd turned on Caitlin Collins last night. The people are turning on the media. The people are turning on the Biden administration. His poll numbers are low, partly because the American people think he's corrupt and they sense a cover-up. And we're doing everything in our ability to get the answers and to present the facts to the American people. And I think the average working tax American realizes that Merrick Garland and Christopher Ray are doing everything in their ability to object and intimidate and obstruct and everything they can do To hide the facts from the American people.
1: Mm. Sir, we've just got about a minute left. Uh, When Republicans took control in January, I think a lot of people had an idea of what they thought was going on with Hunter Biden. And and now we know Joe Biden as well. But as you look at the buffet of possible charges, tax fraud, bank fraud, racketeering, tax evasion, public corruption. uh, I know that you can't say exactly what, what what the charges would be that you would recommend. But but. From what you have found in these oversight findings, does that increase what you thought was available before?
2: There's no question it does. I mean, we wanted to have the press conference uh, yesterday in advance of the DOJ trying to slap some type of minor indictment on Hunter Biden. They were going to, by all accounts, indict him for tax evasion and lying on the gun application. Well, what about money laundering? And that's not my words. That's the words of multiple banks, multiple banks in those violations. Uh, implied that there was money laundering going on. What about racketeering? Racketeering is when you create shell companies and fake companies that serve no purpose other than to launder money. I mean, what about, uh, as Jonathan Turley talks about all the time, being an unregistered foreign agent? I mean, those are three serious felonies right there.
0: All right, folks, don't go anywhere after the commercial break. We're going to transition from the conversation from James Comer to my good friend, Seamus Bruner. He knows so much about the Hunter Biden Biden family scandals, and he'll bring it to us right after the commercial break. Folks, Field of Greens is the healthiest thing I do every day, and I want you on this journey with me. Why? It's literally one scoop a day. It tastes great. I love the fruit flavors, particularly, and it's completely improved my life and my health. This is nutrition and feeling better. And suddenly I was losing weight. I was sleeping better. My metabolism went up. My blood sugar went down. My cholesterol went down and my weight went down. And my doctor said, "Hey, whatever you're doing, keep it doing. You know what that is? It's Field of Greens. That's what I've been doing. Field of Greens is radically different. Each organic fruit and vegetable was medically chosen to support heart and vital organ health House Nutrition, and, of course, Field of Greens. All you got to do to take advantage of this offer, visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Don't wait. Go to fieldofgreens.com today. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS for 15% off. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. All right, folks, we were lucky enough just a few minutes ago to talk to Chairman James Comer, you heard what he had to say about where this investigation is headed and what's already now in the public domain that we didn't know just a few days ago. Well, my next guest, he knows more about Hunter Biden than perhaps the entire country combined. He's done some of the best work. He was my co-author. He joined alongside me for the fun book that we wrote called Fallout, which we focused on the Biden dynasty and how it made a lot of its money. He uh, works at the Government Accountability Institute with Peter Schweitzer. He's been a major driving force of a lot of the great Biden family coverage there. He is my good friend, Seamus Brunner. Seamus, welcome back to the show. It's great to be with you as always, John. We love your work. It's accurate. It's always enlightening. It's always groundbreaking. But I want to step back for a second, because from the moment Peter Schweitzer began writing his books, the moment you and I wrote our book, then we did all the Biden family stuff over the last three, four years, and then James Comer drops a truly significant report. I mean, this is really a big deal. And if you open up the New York Times, Washington Post, you can't find it. Are you surprised with the level of specificity and serious information that James Comer put out yesterday that there's a complete media blackout on this?
3: Well, I have to be honest, I am. I mean, ordinarily, I'd say, no, I'm not shocked that the the mainstream media is not reporting the truth. But I had expected after that press conference, I mean, that was excruciating detail. It It was excellent. Um, and hour in, over an hour of, of, of facts and just laying out the case methodically, I thought it was a great press conference. I had thought that maybe the the mainstream media would jump in with defense pieces of Joe Biden, and say, "Oh, here's why this is not a big deal," or debunk conspiracy theories, or and whatnot. Now the the blackout really does shock me because I think what this shows is they don't even want to touch it. They know that the case is so bad that they do not want to. Uh, give any airtime to, you know, they know the lies aren't sticking anymore of Joe Biden never met with, he never talked to, all of the stuff he's been saying previously. So uh, yeah, it was a pretty uh, I think I think it means that Comer is over the target.
0: You've been through tens of thousands of emails, tens of thousands of text messages, hundreds if not thousands of pages of FOIAs and we see now an interesting pattern about sort of how Hunter Biden and his business partners set up at least some of their business, not all of their business, but it seems to be this recurring pattern of an oligarch in a country that we should be nervous about, who has a legal or regulatory or ethical problem lingering over him or his company. And Hunter Biden and his team comes in to try to make some money off them in the situation there. And I'll just walk through the ones we know. We know about Zolchevsky, the owner of Burisma. He was facing a corruption investigation. The State Department considered his company corrupt enough, so they pulled the contract from them. And Hunter Biden and Devin Archer come in. We've got the Russian oligarch who couldn't get her money into the country and turns to Hunter Biden and Burnham and their friends to try to get money into the country. We know from a couple of years ago that an indicted oligarch named Furtash reached out to Hunter Biden and then eventually Someone close to Firtash invested some money in a Hunter Biden project. And, of course, yesterday, James Comer divulged in great detail another relationship involving a Romanian oligarch who had been prosecuted and convicted of corruption or bribery in his country. And theirs. Hunter Biden and his team, again, making money on that person. It seems like this was a cookie cutter pattern. If it happens three, four, five times, it can't be an accident. Given all you've known, was this one of the schemas they had for making business?
3: Yes, absolutely. And I'm looking on my wall right now. I've got a Uranium One graphic sitting there, and uh, the infographic um, of you know the Uranium One deal. And you've got Bill Clinton. Shaking hands with Nursultan Nazarbayev, the Kazakh dictator for life, uh, totally totally corrupt individual, uh, human rights abuser, etc. And it just reminds me of the Clintons. And we know from the emails that they wanted to set up their their academic, the Biden academic ventures, like the Clinton Global Initiative. So it looks like they may have taken a leaf Hunter Biden and his business partners out of the business model of the Clintons, which worked like this: you have this individual who. Um, is on the wrong side of human rights groups and people don't like them. And, you know, even on the wrong side of the banking system, in the case of Yelena Batarina, the Russian oligarch. And so what you do is you have a powerful political family kind of cozy up to them and they're willing to pay exorbitant sums, millions and millions of dollars for uh, Hunter Biden, simply to get, you know, some maybe photo ops. And, you know, you've got that photo op at the... uh, Cafe Milano with the Kazakh guys who, you know, they're running money laundering schemes, according to some investigators. And so you get these shady individuals, these oligarchs, and they're willing to pay top dollar to have uh, someone who's in the vice president's family get into business with them. And that opens
0: all kinds of doors. It really does, and it—it's it, the real reason why Ron Johnson and Grassley originally raised the concern that maybe the Biden family is over the barrel. They're just indebted to, or have business relationships with people, and with countries that aren't in the best interest of the United States. A second thing that really is shocking now, as we look into it, is in many of these text messages and many of these emails. It's pretty clear, particularly with China, more than anything else. What the Biden family and its business associates were doing was trying to take American energy resources and transfer them to China. That is the primary focus of the CEFC investment and the scheme that was going on there. I think uh, we know that Hunter Biden also transferred Henniges, a automaker, parts maker in Michigan that also made sensitive technologies for fighter jets. It seems like Hunter Biden and his business associates were involved in an effort to export really valuable energy and technology to China, who clearly just wants a leg up against the United States. Is that another recurring theme now, as you look back at all the things that Hunter Biden was involved in?
3: Yes, I'm glad you brought up CEFC and the Hennigas deal, because um, the, old, I mean, the oligarchs money from you know, $200 million going to Biden-connected people. Um, from Yelena Baterina, that's bad. And, and Burisma is certainly bad. And Romania is certainly bad. But I believe that the China deals, especially the ones you mentioned with CEFC, Patrick Ho, Yi Jianming, who are tied to the Chinese military and intelligence apparatus, and then the Hennigan deal, I mean, that, that, you know, it required CIFIUS approval. That means it's a very sensitive technology. And you've got the vice president's family member helping transfer that to America's greatest adversary. So I think I think the pattern of Chinese money coming in from people tied to Chinese intelligence, Chinese military, um, that, that raises the whole scandal to another level that I don't think has ever been seen before in America. Yeah,
0: and I think in the last few weeks particularly, we're now beginning to see that there were multiple approaches to the Justice Department where at least people were alleging and saying they could bring evidence to the FBI to the Justice Department, that Joe Biden was either at the forefront of this or in the middle of it or delivering policy decisions that benefited the people who were paying his family members. 2018, you got a U.S. attorney named Bud Cummins that tries to walk in some information that doesn't get acted on. 2020, someone in Ukraine, we think maybe possibly even a Burisma official, or someone associated with Burisma, they walked that into the FBI as a confidential human source. And while they're not necessarily proof that these things happen. The allegations come in. And of course, between those two, you got the 2019 laptop, which has a lot of evidence that Joe Biden was at least tangentially involved in meeting with some of Hunter Biden's thing, and sometimes taking actions like giving a speech theme in Ukraine that benefited Burisma. It's kind of remarkable now. we now see three, four, five, six instances where information walks in that kind of brings Joe Biden into the picture. From what you see now, does it look like the DOJ and FBI had a hear-no-evil, see-no-evil approach to anything, Joe Biden? Yeah, and you just,
3: you just hit both nails on the head. Number one, none of these deals would have happened without Joe Biden. He's at the center of the family business. He, and he, when he calls Hunter, his son Hunter, after the New York Times runs a piece on the CEFC China spy-connected company... And Joe Biden calls up Hunter and leaves him a voicemail saying, I've read the New York Times piece and you are in the clear. You're all good. Um, That shows that Joe Biden had intimate familiarity. And he seems to think that it's okay that his son is dealing with Chinese spy type people. Um, All that matters is that the New York Times wrote a sort of nothing burger type piece. So yes, number one, it wouldn't happen without Joe. And number two, it wouldn't happen without the Justice Department and the FBI looking the other way, which is what they've been doing. I mean, they've got these cases. They may bring some charges. It's very unlikely they're going to bring charges on uh, acting as an unregistered foreign agent for a enemy of the United States, um, which is what Hunter was essentially doing by working with these, these Chinese individuals. Um, but nonetheless, this, I mean, this has been years and years and years that they've been looking the other way. They're providing talking points. You got the, the CIA guys providing talking points. I don't know that that's ever happened before. So Joe's involved. We know he benefited. We know that Hunter paid some of his bills, and that's just the things we know for certain. And then we know that the uh, entire intelligence apparatus in the United States, but especially the FBI has been allowing this to happen.
0: It's really pretty remarkable. I want to turn to one other, sort of the next phase of the investigation. All right, now James Comer, Jim Jordan, those guys, they've got the bank records. They can follow the money to its final destination. The next phase, as we hear from folks, is that they're working to try to get some of the former business partners of Hunter Biden to cooperate, to provide information, to give some understanding. Two of them have shown up in all the work we've done. Eric Schwerin, he seems to be between Hunter Biden and Joe Biden, sometimes involved in tax matters with them. And then two, Devin Archer, really sort of the epicenter of Hunter Biden's world, maybe from about 2010 to 2016 before Devin Archer is indicted. If those two witnesses become cooperating witnesses with the congressional investigations, how important is it? What do they bring to the table that bank records can't bring to the table?
3: Yeah, I mean, these would be the two guys, and it will be uh, a major coup for the Oversight Committee to get their cooperation because Devin Archer is not just a friend of Hunter Biden. He's a friend of uh, John Kerry's stepson, Chris Hines. He worked for the John Kerry campaign. He's been a political operator before he got into business with Hunter, and that's demonstrated by the fact that once Hunter and Devin joined the board of Burisma, Devin goes and meets with Vice President Joe Biden. He's, you know, in that famous photo golfing with Joe Biden. Uh, he meets with Joe Biden without Hunter. And so I think all questions, uh, Devin Archer. I mean, he can certainly provide color on how these deals worked, but we largely know how these deals worked. What we really need to know is what kind of things were said in his meetings with Joe Biden. Where, how does, how is Joe Biden involved? Where, you know, when, uh, when they're making deals with like the Chinese and the bohai harvest. How much did Joe know about that? We know Joe knows about CEFC, but that kind of happens after he leaves the vice presidency. So Archer is, is the, probably number one, and Eric Schwerin um, is number two. I'd say they're both tied for first. Eric Schwerin, of course, knows Joe Biden very well. I believe he may have worked for Joe Biden. So these two guys can tell us not just about the deals, but they can tell us about Joe Biden's involvement.
0: They really are essential. I think if I remember correctly, Eric Schwerin once wrote an email saying, hey, your father to Hunter, your father owes you some money and he's going to turn over his Delaware tax return to you. I think it was in 2010 while Joe was vice president. One of the clearest declarations that Hunter Biden had been doing things for his father was vice president and his father was trying to repay him and that their finances were somehow intermingled I mean, those are the type of witnesses that could really, really make a difference in the near future. You are doing such amazing work, my friend, Seamus. What's the best way for folks to stay in touch with all the good work you do at GAI, all your good books? How do, how do people stay in touch and, and learn more from you?
3: Thanks, John. I'm, uh, I'm on Twitter. I you know only come up for air every once in a while when we have a piece, and I'll be doing a piece with you soon that'll be a big one. So they can find me on Twitter, at Seamus Bruner, and uh, the drill down dot com is our website at GAI.
0: One of the best resources you will ever find, folks. You want to talk about transparent, data-driven journalism, the drill down is the place to go. Peter Schweitzer, Seamus Brunner, it doesn't get any better than those two guys. They're two of the best journalists in the last generation of American journalists. Seamus, we love having you on. We always learn 10 times as much as we knew before we came in. It's such an honor to have you on today. Thanks for joining us. It's always a pleasure, John. Talk to you soon. Thanks, my friend. All right, folks, a real treat before we close it out for the day. Greg Piper, great enterprise reporter at justthenews.com. He is going to help us unravel the big story he broke earlier in the week on censorship. We'll have that in just a few minutes. Stay tuned. You won't be disappointed.
3: BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
1: Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. Welcome back, everybody. As usual, we started the show with breaking news. So let's bookend the show because we've got some more breaking news. The NIH has officially renewed the grant to that very organization that funded coronavirus experiments in Wuhan, China. And we have the perfect cleanup hitter tonight to discuss this and more. Greg Piper is one of my favorite investigative journalists writing over on JustTheNews.com. Greg as you have written so much on COVID over the last three years and broken so many stories about corruptions and and, and seedy situations about COVID, what's your initial reaction to the fact that uh, the funding of Eco Health Alliance has been re-upped?
4: Uh, it's not terribly surprising. Uh, these relationships go back many, many, many years. Uh, this is a perennial interest uh, of our government to uh, try to do this research that they think is going to um Uh, prevent the worst catastrophe imaginable um, uh, and be a little less concerned about maybe human nature, uh, how these things actually work out in real life. Um, You know, things that uh, we've kind of seen for the past few years that uh, uh, science itself is not in the abstract. It's done by actual human beings. Um, and, uh, there's just kind of a a general interest regardless of the consequences that something worse could be on the horizon. Um, and, uh, so there's always going to be interest in kind of pushing that boundary because everybody wants to be credited with stopping the worst thing imaginable rather than, uh, perhaps unleashing something that's just unintended consequences, um, and moving on to the next gig. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's a great description of that dynamic, Greg. It's right. Uh, This Thursday, there's a big hearing, taking a look at all the different ways that Homeland Security took on the mission of censoring content uh, in the name of disinformation. You had another blockbuster story this morning. Again, centered at Homeland Security Department, seems to be the epicenter. They have some bystander training that singles out people who are pro-life or government critics as potential radicalization suspects. Tell us what you found.
4: Sure. Uh, this is part of a Freedom of Information Act request uh, that concerns DHS and its domestic terrorism programs. Uh, this is a proposal. We don't actually know if these were made, but these were uh, proposed internally. Uh, what are described as uh, choose your own adventure videos. Uh, you basically film some scenarios uh, with different kinds of people uh, who may be considered to uh, be on uh, the pathway toward radicalization, uh, domestic terrorism, targeted violence, in the parlance of, uh, of this program. Um, And uh, you show them to people uh, to tell them uh, what to look out for. If people you know who kind of fit these profiles are starting to act strange or are getting really interested in certain political things, Uh, uh, fighting abortion is one of them, Uh, generally criticizing the government, going to political rallies is another one. Uh, People who think uh, the government is involved with uh, child trafficking, uh, that's another one there. But basically telling people how to respond and walking them through uh, each of these scenarios and explaining the consequences of their choices for what the the person does in the situation.
1: Greg, as you were reviewing this information, did you see any evidence to suggest that on this buffet of scenarios that they were utilizing uh, scenarios that involved Islamic terrorism or anything like that? Because I feel like if you're not, you're you're actually doing a disservice to your trainees, not diversifying what they could possibly see in the future.
4: There's none of that. Uh, the only uh, religion that's specifically mentioned here appears to be Christianity. Uh, it mentions uh, getting pastors involved when uh, when a, a middle-aged woman, uh, that's specifically one of the scenarios, uh, has an increasingly fervent uh, interest in opposing abortion and uh, uh, discusses how how to do that and asks about what the Bible says about it. Um, but there's nothing in Islam. When I was reading these, though, they really reminded me of what the government was doing in the mid-2000s, where there was a uh, there's more interest in reaching out to mosques um, and imams to uh, talk to them about members of their congregations who might be uh, potential targets of radicalization. It, it kind of just looks like these ideas get recycled and, and brought into a new administration um, with kind of the same prior assumptions that uh, a person who has a particular viewpoint on kind of the issues of the day that are frowned upon are going to be suspicious. And so you should follow them. You should uh, follow their social media. You should, you know, ask their friends and family and past. Or even their bartenders uh, if they've been uh, doing unusual things or maybe they have a new group of friends they're hanging out with that uh, you know looks suspicious to you um, so I, I kind of just think that we we recycle these uh, these assumptions and you know to target new disapproved uh, activities uh, you know every several years
2: yeah
0: Craig about 30 seconds left there have been some really crazy uh, incidents lately the FBI writing a a memo saying that uh, Catholics that go to Latin mass are a danger, pro-lifers in this one. Earlier last week, the government trying to shut down an eternal flame at a church to save natural gas emissions. Is there a uh, a, a blowing away of the line of protecting religious freedom? It seems like there's an unawareness of the importance of religious freedom in the government right now.
4: I think the government tends to really play down the, the important role of religion in people's lives. If anything seems too fervent or devout uh, that doesn't kind of fit into this, uh, you know, nice neutered bucket of civic religion yeah. that uh, subordinates religious feelings to kind of the the current yeah. feelings of the
0: day. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Justin News. Thank you for joining. Thank you for being a part of listening. Go support my good friends at bravebooks.us. They'll throw in my book free if you Make a commitment to their monthly book club, bravebooks.us, a great place to go. And of course, go support all the advertisers and sponsors and partners of Justin News, Clear Path, Heritage Action for America, Birch Gold Group, who's been such an extraordinary anchor in our community for a long time. They all have great products, great services, great values that align with your values as someone who cares about the future of this great country. Go check them out today. Most of them have a Just News code you can use to save money, and that's a special offer. AMAC, of course, too. Association of Mature American Citizens. You heard Bobby Charles yesterday. That was a great interview. You can join a five-year membership, get huge discounts on things you buy, services you get. And, of course, you get a lot of trustworthy news and information and opportunities for civic engagement. A grassroots army trying to make America a better place in a moment of great peril, too this constitutional republic. So go check them all out, Brave Books, all the way through to AMAC, Birch Gold, and so many others that have been so good to us. All right, folks, that wraps it up for the day. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the Knows. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out